All right, so Bill, are you you good? I know you keep you keep walking away. That you, is a great looking door. Is he is he drinking off camera or like what's going on? Uh, yes, I am drinking. Off Bill, camera. come out of the closet. I am here. Ah, uh, whoa, hey, yeah, <laughs> hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of Consultants Saying Things. I am Chris Lockhart. Um, joined today by Bill Bensing, Phil Yanoff, and Shashi Shramali, newly shorn. Looks very good, Shashi. I like that. Um, today, we're actually, uh, we have an interesting conversation, an interesting topic, right? And, and there's this whole idea of, um, you know, basically getting work done, right? And we have all, we all have a lot to do. I know every one of us, we're very busy. There's travel, there's, there's all sorts of meetings. Um, and, and so I think there's really this question of, you know, what what are some tips? What are some um, uh, topics that uh, we could take away and, and, and give some advice to people on how do we manage our work and do it in a way where we can actually accomplish the things that we set out to do? Now, I know, Phil, you had some you had some thoughts around this as sort of a topic area. Do you want to do you want to give us the five seconds on uh, on what this is? I probably can't do it in five seconds, but I'm I'm up for at least describing the problem. And I think it is, you know, as we as you get into this gig, right, as you're out there doing work for others, I mean, the issue is I think that we're always so connected that it's easy for our work to kind of just overwhelm us in a way where we think we don't we don't know what we should be doing. Am I getting enough out of the day? Am I crossing off enough of the right boxes every day? And I think we just need some, you know, for the person out there that says right now, you know what? I feel like I'm not getting enough stuff. I feel like I'm overwhelmed all of the time. How do I solve that problem? And I think that's kind of what we want to talk about. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I know, if, if we were to put like the busiest person uh, out of the four of us, it might be Shashi because Shashi's, uh, I don't know, you seem very busy, Shashi. Every, every time I talk to you, you're doing something, something different. I mean, do you buy into this idea that, uh, you know, we're not, we're not able to get stuff done and maybe we need to organize some stuff a little bit better? Uh, there are two things. One is either you manage work or uh, you let your work manage you. If you manage work, um, then you are able to balance things which you want to. Uh, and you are on top of things. But if you let your work manage you, then something got to give. Um, something, you know, is will not be right. You will be sad uh, at the end of the day. Um, so I think there are certain ways um, you can uh, manage uh, being on track and uh, being more happy. Um, but largely, I think you got to suck it up. And, uh, you know... <laughs> You just have to do what you have to do at the end of the day. It's it's like stop complaining and um, get your act together and get shit done. Uh, and definitely you can't keep everybody happy. Either your family is going to suffer or your work is going to suffer. So you've got to pick and choose. It's all about making the choices. There you go. That's, that's the whole episode. Stop your that's whining. It. Done. Stop your whining. <laughs> <laughs> but, wait, but wait a second. Like you, 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 All right. Look, I get the idea of like, just put your head down and go do the shit that you have to do. But you brought up like, you'll be sad, right? So you, yeah. there's now an emotional state. You know, wh why would I be sad, right? Is it because oh. I'm not doing the right thing or I'm not happy with what I'm doing? Shouldn't you be addressing those, those things? 
so so my point is if you feel you are being sad then you have too much time in your hand that you are feeling so i am at a state where i don't even feel whether i'm sad or happy right i'm just getting shit done so you've solved the problem by having no emotions you've gone the vulcan route you've just been yeah, exactly. fucked to this show emotions right. are highly overrated overrated sorry i know we do some profanity on here but i'm going to let this one go because it's the name of a book it's really about the art of giving a fuck um great book by the way which comes down to as you read it a lot of people just give fucks about shit they shouldn't give a fuck about um so people who feel overwhelmed and maybe shashi this is where you don't fall in are doing things and caring about things that they shouldn't necessarily care about um because i i think about my plate and shashi you're probably chris you said shashi's probably the, the busiest one on there um and i you know we talk about work-life balance so there's truly no balance and, and i think what i do with my with my companies is you know i have no balance it's all company there's rarely little personal time but i'm okay with that so a bit of what you're saying shashi is like there's a level of what i'm okay with um but it's also that's what i give a fuck about and i'm very clear about what i what i do and don't care about delivering and i think that's where people get tripped up is they start trying to deliver things what they shouldn't necessarily care about delivering um and then hence all the negative emotions and then the, the negative spirals that all of a sudden you end up at a bar at 3:00 in the morning halfway through a bottle of maker's mark and you call yourself a consultant so um <laughs> yep <laughs> I mean but but wait a second right it's like is that just is that just bad time management then is that what you're saying mm, I think it's commitment management so it's, the, the thing about time management is how much can you get done in one unit of time and there is many ways to stack a lot of stuff into one unit of time it's you know through managing teams so I can get a lot of stuff done if I just source stuff out to a team right it may by be my uh, I may be accountable for it or I may be responsible for it right so you think about accountable versus responsibility where do you fit in that um so i get that done or it's something that i shouldn't bring on because it's just not beneficial for me or to, to de deliver it or i just say no i think what sometimes and this happens a lot is even in the consulting world you always want to say yes 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 is this just like i i'm focusing on things that aren't high value and i just i'm taking on too much well i mean let me go back to bill's point on the you know the book he's mark manson's book right the subtle art of not giving a flip that doesn't say that, but it's a subtle art, right? But Mark's point, and to a lot of people, is you know what? It is super easy. I think it's particularly super easy in someone in a consulting role, right? We see ourselves as problem solvers. We're out there to solve people's problems. Every problem we see, and we're thinking, oh, I can fix that. We can write a little code. I can do this, or these guys over here know how to do it. And so the problem is we start stacking the plate up higher and higher and higher. And the list of stuff that we've got in our inbox to do is a little bit overwhelming. And that's the point where I turn on the episode of consultants saying things and think, how the hell do I solve that problem of caring about the right stuff? And then once I do care about the right stuff, how do I... Uh, how do I, you know, hack my life in such a way that I get the most out of me to apply to the problems I care about most? Well, so let, let's pick up on that thread then, and and okay, let's let's go with the hypothesis that what you just articulated, Phil, that we we are taking on too many things because we maybe have a high opinion of our ability to deliver stuff, right? And sure. we, we're, we're taking on all of these problems that we believe we can solve. Let's let's say that that's true. Okay, Shashi. What is a what is a hack? What do you do to manage that uh, that that hopper of work that you have, that backlog of work that you have? How do you do that? How do you personally manage that? 
so one is i live in the present um second is i let work manage me um so it automatically prioritizes it second is uh, you got to focus on not work life balance you got to focus on more on work life integration um so those are the few things which i you know genuinely genuinely believe uh, will let you be happier and not worry about being sad okay i mean cuz i mean i i could look at this and say phil my answer to this question is i just don't take those things on i mean well i think that's an important thing and that's kind of where bill was back on that piece too which is we got to say no to an awful lot of stuff i mean yeah. you know at least in my role in the world i have people asking me for things all of the time and i have to be able to look at them you know comfortably and say you know what I, that just doesn't fit into my list of priorities at the moment um you know i'd be happy to recommend shashi cuz he's got plenty of free time and he's super calm about it um but just give it to shashi instead but uh, as for me you know i'm kind of full up but when you are working in a corporate environment yeah. uh, you get and bill uh, uh, sorry chris you will understand this as well when you're working within a corporate environment you have to do your client job you have to look at your practice you have to look at growing your company so there are so many other things it becomes difficult at some point in time and nobody likes to hear no right uh, and the third archetype is people like bill who want to grow their own business if they want to grow their own business they don't want to say no to anything which will get them money so they end up inherently taking a hell lot of more things it's more archetypes i think we got to look at archetypes and then see how we want to manage what you just mentioned phil in your situation it absolutely makes sense yeah. but in some situation like mine um can i say no yes i can but i don't know what are the implications of that is but i want to set myself up for three wins every day right i mean i'm i'm i want to win the day uh and i say that because if i don't i'm the cat that's miserable because i'm the one who who created a to-do list that i can't get around to you know if i could do i mean i love shashi's point of view be in the present you know my work does this is my work and this is what i got to do and i can only do the piece that's in front of me uh my issue is not having a you know i don't want it to be a, a list that goes on forever in front of me you know so there is a, i want to just pause on this and piggyback on what chris mentioned um if you have met your goal um you not did not set the right goals right so does your company want you to run a marathon at the speed of a 100 meter race that will lead to uh, something we call burnout uh, which right. we are going to talk about it so i don't know like you know if that is the right way to approach yes you need a little bit of stretch goal but you don't want your goal to be such that your athletes burn out and eventually they cannot even compete I always see like coming from you know between the corporate and the startup world I look at there's two business models which is there's fundamentally two models to achieve goals in a normal business you know your business model you know your product you have product market fit so now you're just trying to deliver to demand whereas in a startup model there's a bunch of assumptions that you're trying to test so the question I go back to asking people is what they're doing is what type of goals are the goals is there a very known situation for delivering your goal or is there very an abstract situation where you don't know you just have to deliver something and you don't know how to deliver it and you need to take small incremental steps because as you think about the act of planning and some of the planning fallacies that go into place if i'm if i'm planning for a production system for airplanes i should be able to plan and hit goals and then if i exceed them get get benefit for exceeding it because i have known constraints Let's talk about the consulting world and I see how it overlaps in the startup world is, you know, I'm building these products. I don't know if they're going to work or not. I have little knowledge and my 
my goal is to get to the next piece of knowledge that tells me if I should continue forward or if I should go on to a different commitment. And so by saying at the end of the year, I've got to get my, you know, my startup clash to have 500,000 users and all this kind of stuff. Like there's a lot in between before I can beg that. So when we say setting goals and trying to hack, are we trying to hack the wrong things because we're not coming from a premise of actually understanding what we're trying to achieve? If I'm not setting those goals right and I'm not processing my inbox, right, or my backlog um, or, or managing that uh, appropriately, I do end up sad, drinking too much at the holiday party, etc. Because, you know, I, I, I am I'm I'm not achieving the things that I laid out for myself. To Phil's point, right, I'd rather have a list maybe of three things and I, I do those three things. I get the dopamine rush. I feel good about it. I have a list of 40 things and they're all top priority. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to get there. Right. So so if you are trying to hit all 40 of those things, you end up in this burnout phase, which, by the way, I think, you know, and Shashi, correct me if you think I'm wrong on this, but almost every consultant that I've ever met has hit burnout at some point. If it's not if it's not when they first start and they're expected to stay up all night and work on slides, right, or work all weekend or not go home or all those things, at some point it, it may even be it may not be the work, it may be the travel. I had a I had a project in San Francisco for half a year and travel back and forth. It's only a three hour time change, but man, you know, by that fifth sixth month, I was hitting burnout just from travel alone, right? So I think there is this burnout. So if if we progress from the I'm not processing my, my inbox properly. I'm committing to too many things. I'm not getting shit done. Um, I'm, I'm approaching burnout. What then is some advice? What is uh, a tip to either deal with that or, or try to avoid it or manage it? So get used to saying no, and it's easier to say no up front than saying no five weeks later. Um, but humble yourself and do it that way. I mean, you have to set expectations. I believe people cause their own issues by not setting expectations. But sir, but the people, the reason why people can't say no is uh, the fear of uh, losing out on something, right? A moment people stop thinking about the implications, um, then it's easier for people to say no to things, especially within the corporate setup. Um, but why? Why be so? I'll call that a rationality. If you fear, if you have a fear of missing out for something you don't know, you're rational. And so why act irrational in that way? Like, like I'm going to miss out. Well, what are you going to miss out on? The possibility to have an opportunity. So it's the probability of a probability. Yep. All right, let's go to something more concrete. Like, I'm done talking to you. Let's move on. Like, this is a waste of my time. Yep. So I, I know that's, that's me personally, but maybe that's just too, hard, too much of a hardline approach. Or, but I also know I've been burnt by it many times, and maybe that's why I have my hardline approach. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset problem, not a problem. Like, it's a mindset situation. Uh, people got to, you know, I I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying, but does not mean I'll be able to do what you are able to do. Again, it was that bit of wanting to be helpful. So I show up all the time. I say yes to stuff. But, you know, t towards where Bill is headed with this, I mean, we need to figure out how to say no. So I have a Star Trek inspired hack for Ooh. saying no. So I know that there's always room for that kind of wisdom on a place like this. Um, and it was, I, I really got this from the uh, second Star Trek movie. And uh, the thing is, a lot of times, I, I, and this is particularly when I was freelancing, doing small client work or whatever, and they would ask me to do something and I really didn't want to do the work, but I knew better than just to say them no, say no to them. So what I would do is, I would do this quick mental calculation of 
what I thought it would cost, then what I thought it would cost to have somebody else do it. And then I would multiply it by four, right? So I just quadruple it. And then I said, well, this is the price. Because in my thinking, it was as a freelancer, I said, well, hell, if they say yes to this, I can pay someone else to have to do it. And I'm still okay with it, right? I just don't have to go through all the trouble. And that's exactly what would happen. I would say yes, but I would say multiply it by four. And occasionally a crap job would just fall off the plate because they just weren't equipped to put that into it. But sometimes they said yes, and I would just go give it to Bill and let Bill do it. And then, uh, you know, just bill invoice for it worked out perfectly so just like scotty always multiplied the time it took to fix a thing times four that's what i would do i guess i'm at a place where i'm okay saying no to things and i i don't it wasn't like a conscious like i have to evolve my thinking it was just sort of like well shit i don't have time to do that right so, no right yeah, that's or, the, uh, oh that looks like a lot of work that's the other thing and you know someone says oh we ought to do this i said ah oh, that looks like a lot of work yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know that that's a life hack. I think that's just like you need to make choices. Right. And and I think, you know, this for me, it falls into the the uh, live to work versus work to live kind of, you know, right. uh, mental model. Um, and I, you know, I, you know, I, I work to live. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that was my conscious choice that I made. And that guides as a guiding principle that that sort of uh, in my decision tree. Right. Uh, do I have time to do this? Um, is is in that tree, but kind of starts with like you know, does this fit into my my life right now? Right, right. Yes or no, right. And if the answer is no, I don't have to process the rest of that tree. Um, I, I know that that maybe I'm a maybe I'm an outlier when it comes to consulting because I know a lot of folks, whether they admit it or not, they really work to live, or live to work. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Right. Yeah, they they live to work, right? Because it's like, listen, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to make partner by thirty. I'm going to, you know, do all of these wonderful, amazing things. I'm going to be in consulting magazine, or I'm going to do whatever. And it's sort of like, okay, look, that's great. You know, um, that's just not the choice that I made. So my life hack for that would be say no, right? Um, I, I love the idea, Bill, of like once you've said yes and you realize, shit, I can't do this, back out. I, there's nothing because what because what are you gonna do? Deli not deliver it. You're not gonna look pretty good, right? Uh, deliver something that's shit because you didn't have time to do it. That's also not very good. So why not take the honest route and be like, look, um, you know, uh, I, I miscalculated or whatever, whatever you come up with, um, and 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 get out of it because man, you you really don't want to be in that situation where you know the things do Monday and you haven't started it yet. So it's a recent recent experience. So you're working on some deal where uh, we have been told, you know, we have been pushed by our client to say that, you know, you can do business architecture within one to two weeks. You can do application architecture within one week. You can do integration within one week, data within one or two weeks. So in six and seven weeks, uh, they want us to define their whole enterprise architecture. Um, then that's where like, you know, he, he saw my face, you know, completely blank. And I said, see, it can't be done. Uh, internally, when I was talking to our partners, and I said that I don't think I can do it. There may be somebody else who can do this, but I don't think I'm the right person to do it in such a such a time frame. Part of two reasons: one is I will end up killing myself. Second, I'm most likely going to produce the shitty stuff, which will be of no value to the client. So I do not want to agree to that. Right. And 
and that's something which I said internally and client kind of told me that, hey, Shashi, you are being a purist. I said, this is not being a purist. This is being a pragmatic uh, on what is the art of possible. You want me to create an architecture which doesn't become a shelfware is something which can be used. But if you want that to happen, this is the time I need. No, but I mean, so like that, look, for for people at this point in their career within a consulting firm, I think that's a completely legitimate life hack, right? learn to say no internally or that you're not the right person. If you right. are a brand new analyst, right? You're 22 years old or whatever at Pricewaterhouse and you say, I don't think I'm the right person for, it up. for this gig, right? Suck it up, suck it up. <laughs> for them, the life hack is suck it up, do it, burn your midnight candle for a few weeks or a few months. Uh, and then you will know, you yourself will figure out what is your life hack. But I think we're getting on two different threads here from what I feel. I feel like there's a, if there's an opportunity, you don't have to be, what's that Richard Branson quote that's attributed to him? Like, uh, if you don't know how to do it, just say yes and then figure out how to do it as you deliver it. So there's that, you know, stretching yourself and then there's making, stretching yourself when you know you're stretching yourself, but then also being very cognizant not to over, cognizant not to overcommit um, to whatever the side effects is to feel bad or whatnot. Like, I think those are two different threads though and two, there are different hacks for that, right? Um, so like what Phil's going through is like, he's just making sure he doesn't overcommit. Um, what you're talking about in one aspect is like, can I stretch myself? Like I know my commitments, so I understand my bounds. Is this something I'm willing to stretch or like balloon a bit of my bounds for to try to deliver? Well, so Bill, what do you do? How do you, how do you avoid burnout? And, and it is a family show. So like, you know, no, you know, don't mention any uh, medications that you may be taking to, uh, oh. <laughs> to keep up. I get to stay physically active. So it's either working out or, or walking. I, run, I walk almost every day, almost four miles. Um, it's nice being in Florida because I walk on the bayfront, so it's nice. But when I'm walking, it takes me about an hour. So I'm reading emails. I'm doing things in the morning. But I start that at roughly 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm back um, it, back in my apartment by about 5.15, 5.30, and then start my day. So as I look at do try not to burn out and do things that sort of keep me balanced, but I also try not to overcommit. I have a lot of people asking me to do things. Um, I've got a media company. can't tell you how many people come to me to try to get videos, and I've told them right now, I was like, I just don't do it. Uh, Phil, I start out with your approach, charging four more until somebody says, well, okay, we'll pay that. They had no clue what the market charged, and they just wanted me to do it. So I found a freelancer and pushed them their way. Um, so it's one of those deals where it's, I don't avoid it goes through uh, fits and bouts of burnout, but um, I, I think part of it is, you know, understanding where I can balloon and where I can't balloon. This brings up a really good point. I don't want to lose this thread, which is basically, you know, what you what you just talked about was what works specifically for you, right? Mm -hmm. And so my question then is, you know, are there in fact archetypes? Are there patterns? Or is this a individualistic like you have to you have to know you go do you right and it's up to you and we, we can't give any advice because it's all uh, up to the individual person i i would agree with that there are uh, multiple dimensions it's not a simple problem to solve it's a multi-dimensional problem first dimension is which stage of a career first few dimension which i can think of is which stage of career you are in that's number one Second dimension is what kind of personality you are are you a proactive third is what are your priorities in terms of your work life and are you living to work or working to live um, and there are many more dimensions which comes into play and i don't think there is a right or wrong answers everybody can share their archetypes uh, and then what are their life hack and for others to consume and use if they are closest to that archetype they can follow that advice or guidance if not they will have to figure out their own and create their own archetypes like i'll, I'll give you one that i i have right which is 
you know, people often cite uh, travel as part of the burnout, right, of what causes the burnout. And so, like, I've I've gone to great lengths to make my travel um, the least uh, intrusive on my sleep, on my uh, behavior, on my all of those things, right? And so, I I um, you know, I, I streamline my travel times to the point where you know, I know precisely when to leave the house or the, the client to get to the particular airport on a particular day. And I flow right through oftentimes, you know, right through TSA pre-check or global services, global entry type uh, areas and, you know, flow right and go straight to the gate and, and they're boarding and go right on the airplane so that I'm not like sitting in an airport because it just drains the life out of you or it does for me. Right. So that's that's something I don't know that that's an archetype, but I, I, I put it under sort of a pattern. Travel is a is a, a thing right. that costs, right? You know, when you when you start out in this journey, right? Yeah. Um, the expectations for when you will be at a client site, right? Oftentimes requires you to be there at eight o'clock Monday morning, right? And so for for a lot of folks, that means like a three a.m. wake up, right, on a Monday morning, so that by by Monday afternoon, you're mentally dead. Okay. And you're, right. you're providing no value whatsoever. Totally so, unproductive. That's the worst totally thing you can ever do. Totally so, unproductive. Mondays I, I, are waste. Yeah, Mondays can be a waste, right? And so I, I look at it as you know, if it's if it's my engagement, does it make sense to kill yourself to be there on a Monday? Because oftentimes the client, by the way, they've got their own stuff going on on a Monday morning that they have to deal with. That so you're, you don't need to be there. And so I think it's a question of like managing that travel if that's a category of sort of this this burnout uh, burnout stuff. Oh, I, I agree. One, that's a category. And second category is how do you manage your work itself? How do you plan it better? That's another category. Third category is your weekends or your personal time, how much you want your work to invade in your personal time. Yeah, so I think we are on the right track. I can see a framework evolving. Of course, a consultant not having a framework is stupid. Uh, I can see it evolving, but do we have it now? Probably not. It calls for a for a book or a white paper on that, which we can collaborate and write. So about frameworks, I think of it more as a meta model because what you're talking about is a tactic. Oh my god! A giant <laughs> pen. <laughs> my, it's my, it's, it's enormous. Indulgences, um, but um, it, what I was thinking about like the meta models is like as you're talking about, I'm thinking about certain things I do. That's a huge bin. Um, is like I get a, every Sunday I cook ten pound five five pounds of chicken. And so that way I don't have to think about eating food at all for the lunch. So like I find ways, like when I get up, like my breakfast, my lunches and to a large degree, my dinner is already planned out. And I've been frankly for five, seven years eating the same thing to a large degree, but it's healthy, it's balanced, it's vegetables, you know, it, it is chicken. Like, even as I'm in the corporate world, like I have a Monday through Friday suit, like that, that's it. That like, I don't think about anything else there. I don't think about what else to wear. It's the same thing every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday. I try to figure out how like the small decisions that can take up a lot of time. I try to figure out how to just get rid of those decisions, you know, lunch. That's not necessarily important what you're eating for lunch in general. Um, clothes, what you wear, that's very contextual, but I would almost argue that 95% of the time, what you wear can be very standardized. Warren Buffett. Yeah. He <laughs> talks about the things like he wears like the same blue suit and uh, white shirt every day and he's done for like, you know, 40 years. So I get it, right? That's about standardization and automation, really, if you think about it, right? And, and automating those small tasks um, so that you're not wasting a whole bunch of time doing that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take a contrarian perspective on that one, right? Which is, I enjoy I I um, I have to uh, spend uh, quality time 
taking my time eating a nice dinner, right? Or not even a nice dinner. Just it's it's about the time spent doing it. That's my decompression time, right? Yeah. Shashi, you remember when we worked together, right? I'm very particular about my French fries, right? And so it's like yeah. I have to I have to do that because ask him about the bagels. Ask him about bagels. That's the let me, real issue. Let me tell you about bagels. We'll talk about that some other time. You can insert the video here. We'll insert the video here. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. But to your point though, you can't you can't look at hacks as an archetype. You look at all these little tactics, and it's based on what you care about, what things you like, depends on what tactic you put in. Me, I could really care less about my dinners and my lunch. I just need to be delivering something. So, you know, it's your tactic and my tactics will differ. And this well, so is the tactics are gonna be different, but the strategy was the same. And the strategy is protect the asset. And in, in this case, protecting the asset is what do I need for mental and social well-being in order to recharge the battery so that I can expend it on behalf of my client, right? So I'm rebuilding the energy however I need to do it. I mean, for those of us who deciding what we're going to eat or what we're going to wear is a heuristic load, then for that, we just kind of, we automate it, right? And mm -hmm. I automate that. I automate my clothes and all that. I don't think about what I'm going to wear much during the day. I've laid them out ahead of time so that that's not my thing during the day. But I get it. If I want to eat a decent meal or with friends or whatever, and that's how I, again, recharge the battery so I can spin it back out tomorrow, then that's what I got to do. And so each of us has to figure out what that is for us. I think, by the way, a thing that we've not talked about is how a lot of our productivity is lost to distractions. And I'm going to guess that we've all got hacks among us on how we reduce the distractions in our life. Yes, I have my distractions, right? But what I've, what I am coming to appreciate is uh, my distractions allow my subconscious or whatever to actually continue working on whatever the problem is at a given time. And I find I'm actually better at, at solutioning things when I, you know, it's like, okay, I got to think about this problem, but you know, What's going on on LinkedIn, right? And then, you know, an hour later, like my, my oh, I got it. This is what we need to go do. Like, it, it's like that. I uh, there was a guy I worked with, uh, Dave Baker, um, who uh, he always used to call it like that. I got a noodle over this a little bit, right? I got to think about yeah. this for a little while. And and it's like I can't. I have a problem. Maybe it's personality type. I have a problem like actively thinking about things. Yeah, you know, whiteboard, okay, etc. But like, I've got to like subconsciously process some stuff before I can articulate things right really well, but that's, that's part of the process as well i don't know if that was exactly the same thing i was trying to get at but um that's part of the process giving yourself that empty space the white space in your day so that your brain you know i've got a couple stories i tell that people ask me about how did you come up with this idea or that idea and it is remarkable to me that both of these came out of the shower and they you know, a lot of people say that the reason people think so well in the shower is the process is largely automated. We've done it many, many times. We kind of do it the same way every time. We don't think about it, but our body is engaged and our brain can then just kind of wander around on whatever project we're working on. So another thing is in today's world, all the, I mean, I don't think having distraction is necessarily a negative word or negative thing because you got to live with it all the millennials or gen z's whatever you want to call them um, they are born with all these distractions and in my workplace i had you know people from old school who kind of don't like that distractions but guess what you they are productive if they are able to do what they are asked to do with all those distractions 
then I don't think that's a problem. You got to learn how to manage such people. It's not only like getting rid of those distractions. Learning to live with those distractions is the way to go. Is it now? But you would. Is it now? Yeah. I mean, I don't need to figure out how to turn that off. I mean, it just makes me crazy. All of this I, so, so yeah. it's so Will, that's perfectly fine. I mean, as I'm saying, you are old school. Yeah. In, in today's world. You I'm just going to gonna toss to him in it. slow pitch and underhand, exactly. Shashi. You knock him out of the park, okay? <laughs> Here it is. Boom. Pow. <laughs> hey, old dude, if this is what you want, old sit over school. there with your paper and your coffee in the morning. I know. It's... I got yeah. it. Well, that's, this is their coffee. This is their coffee. Yeah. Side note of that millennial thing. I think it's a bit of both. Like all generations need to learn how to manage each other from both sides. And so some, you know, some millennials when they're on their yeah. phone needs to understand the respect that that's yeah. derived when they're on their phone, even though they're paying attention, um, what's derived on their phone versus, you know, that kind of stuff that's contextual. And that's a, I think frankly, as people mature, millennials mature through their, uh, uh, through their career, a lot of that tends to dissipate. Um, hopefully, I don't know, shot you guys, you, you guys could probably correct me on that well, one. They, they they will figure out how to, uh, you know, manage. I think it's it's a culture which is going to evolve. I don't think it will ever stop. Yeah, no. put know, it this way. I look at distractions like Erlang looks at failures, and now this is a whole technical podcast. Maybe this is getting too technical, but Erlang is all about failures. It has something called an actor model that openly promotes failing, and it says everything's are going to fail. Therefore, we're going to deal with them as failures and not try to avoid them or not try to throw, you know, throw some other error elsewhere for somebody else to, to handle. We're going to deal with the error. So I look at distractions like that. Like me, I'm a highly distracted individual. Chris, I'm like you. Sometimes I just got to noodle on something for like a week. Um, but I do know ahead of time, like if I got a noodling week, I know that 50% of my time I'm going to deliver something. But 50% of the time is not going to make sense to somebody else observing me. And so I think you people have to be like, did you guys, some of you guys are getting there. It's like, you, you have to be open to distractions, but you have to plan for distractions too and put some hard bounds around it. So you can't say I'm not going to be distracted because that's completely, un that's impossible. You just got to say, here's the lot of time I'm going to allow for distractions and here's how I'm going to handle the distractions and then go forward. We have so much to do. We have so much on our plate that we, that we have, uh, you know, if I add distractions on top of that, right, it's like one more thing that I don't have time to be doing and oh by the way it's maybe the lowest value work i can do and some higher value work lower on the list is not getting done so, so i mean i can see a statement though that's one assuming that distractions aren't inherent in what you're doing by by trade so frankly just admitting to what you're doing admitting to what's happening is the first step like the first of the 12 steps right um and then <laughs> and then the second one is like high value work so who says distractions are not high valued if you're in a, if you're if you're a knowledge worker and what's based upon what you're doing is connecting dots that aren't really easily connectable. And the fact that a distraction allows you to go out and start connecting certain dots, like, is that not value added? And these things are situational, obviously, right? It's hard to say, you know, with uh, absolutism, you know, do this, don't do this. But there's an optics thing here, too, right? So if you are at a client and you are sitting at the client and you are doing things that the client sees as distractions, well, meanwhile, they're getting a bill for, you know, however many hey, millions of dollars. An hour. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, that is, that is the thing. So that is the difference, fundamental difference. Are they? Are you charging your client based on hours, or are you based doing the, you charging your client based on the outcome or uh, a finite, defined, managed work? Uh, so there is a fundamental difference between these two.
So well, and, and that, that comes into play, right, Shashi? Because again, going back to, I have 40 things on my list because I said yes to everything, right? If, if it's a fixed fee sort of thing and I'm going to deliver everything by, you know, May 31st, uh, now maybe I have a problem because I, I, I can't do that either. I've, I've said I'm going to go do it, but I can't do it because there's not enough time. Now i got to add people and reduce my margin. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're doing it by hours, it's actually still kind of an optical problem because now it's yeah. like, the client's looking at it. The bill keeps going up. What are you doing? Oh, you're, uh, you know, Farmville. Yeah, Farmville. Whatever. <laughs> versus zombies, right? Um, let's let's bring this back around, right? Which is, um, you know, you know, people that are sitting out there, that, as Phil likes to say, the cat sitting out there, right, uh, listening or watching, right? I mean, what are you know? What are some of those things that we need to do to avoid that list getting so big? And also, if the list is big, how do we avoid that burnout um, so that we, we're not delivering crap or not delivering it at all? Start saying no to the things which you think you cannot do. Um, you know, step back and think about yourself, who you are, what you want to accomplish. Uh, is it you who are managing the work or is it the work which is managing you? Um, so you need to figure those things out. And saying no to things is the way to go. Uh, it's very hard uh, within a corporate environment as compared to if you are an entrepreneurial. Um, so, so that's the biggest thing. And second thing is, I agree, like limit the amount of distractions what you have so that you can focus on what you're trying to do and get things done um, within the committed time. Plan, plan your meta model, like actually take on an effort to say, what should I be doing tactically to make sure that I become more happy? It sounds weird, but work towards that and make that a goal. And then all of these hacks, they'll come up themselves, whether it's putting four hours, you know, multiplying it by four, like Phil says, or whether it's something like me cooking, you know, a whole week of food at one time on Sunday. You know, for me, I I, I take it, um, and again, this is a, maybe, again, it's not really a hack. It's just sort of, I've evolved to this position of, you know, what am I, what am I doing? I'm, I'm trying to live a life here, right? So, you know, what do I need to do to live that life? What do I need to do to deliver the things that I said I was going to do? So, you know, it's not even not it's not even saying no to things. It's not even considering a lot of things, right? Like I'm just not even going to have a conversation about an extra thing because I, I know it doesn't fit into uh, what I have planned out. You need a framework for making decisions about what is going to be included in your life and what is not going to be included in your life. You know, last year I went through and read the book uh, Essentialism, Greg McCune's book, and he presents that there's two questions you should be asking yourself every day. And one is, am I proud of the professional decisions and activities I was involved with today? And am I proud of the personal decisions that I made today? And if I can lay those out every day and kind of look back at my life, then eventually I'm going to kind of maneuver everything else into the spot where it's doing for me what I want it to do, right? I will be leading the life I want to live and I won't be being held to, some, to account on something that I didn't want to do. So I think that's a good hack. Am I, you know, am I doing the important stuff and ignoring the rest of it? Thank you for the time. Bill Bensing, Phil Yanoff, Shashi Shramali without the beard, looking good. Uh, I'm Chris Lockhart. Thanks for watching. And by the way, go to the YouTube channel um, or, you know, find us uh, at uh, www.consultantsayingthings.com. Uh, thanks for watching and we will see you next time.